0: Hey, this is Tanya. Welcome to Girl Call Me, the podcast for, by, and about Black women. We hope you enjoy today's conversation as we chat about all things health, relationships, and life. We'll have you laughing, testifying, and most importantly, feeling seen and whole as the beautiful Black woman you are. Now on to the nonsense. This is is Girl Call Me. This is a podcast that we just started and, you know, we can talk a little bit about later about why we started it. But talking a little bit about about myself, I think I've been saying early 50s or late 40s for a while. And, you know, life is different. My body is different. How I've thought about things are different in many ways post-pandemic. I think prior to pandemic I was kind of running. I was ripping and running, as they say. Mm-hmm. You know, traveling and really not thinking about my body or how I was how much I was sleeping or what I was eating or maybe the pains in my back. I would just keep going. I think the pandemic made me reflect a bit and forced me to reflect a bit on mind, body, and spirit because I was going through so much internally, navigating I would call myself either hypervigilant or hypochondriac. It just depends on who the person is at who's calling it. And so, you know, I had to stop and I had to look at the fact that I wasn't sleeping enough, looking at the fact that I'm overweight, think about the fact that I'm entering an in peri or probably close to menopause and things are different for me. And so, you know a general response from a doctor that say, oh, you're fine, da-da-da, just, you know, you're distressed. It really doesn't work anymore when you're 52 and you're looking at your life and making sure that you're going to have the longest life possible. Okay. So who am I? Jessica,
1: 40 years old, dealing with some hormonal stuff that I can't even put my finger on. So we'll come back to that later in the season. Um, But I think for me, this health journey, I'll call it, that I've been on, I'm in a new chapter. And I, you know, growing up, my perceptions of healthcare and taking care of yourself were emergency based. Mm. When something happens to you, you know, I broke a lot of bones when I was a kid. When you break a bone, you're going to go to the hospital and something you're going to go see the doctor. You know, I had surgery, tonsils out. You know, this is a problem. You need to go get it fixed. So very clear challenges, issues, go to the doctor. Um, my parents didn't really go for preventative care. And I, the stories I've told myself about the people who've passed away in my life and my family have been kind of, you know, they drop dead. It's an emergency. Something happened. You know, someone went to the hospital, they're gone. My family was not big on medications. My parents didn't take medications when we were kids. And so for me, health has always felt like it's something I need to pay attention to when something feels wrong, not something I need to kind of proactively be looking into. And I I balance that for much of my life because I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac. And so n- not focusing on it is a little easier for me because when I start focusing on preventative care, it can get a little unwieldy. And so where I am now in my life is understanding that you can focus on preventative care without spinning yourself out of control. And that that actually is being kind to yourself and being thoughtful and honest with yourself, you know, thinking through where do I want to be in the next 10 years and what am I doing today and and where do I need to get to so that I can ensure that happens. And that's that's what's helped me open up more in conversations about health. It's helped me talk to other people. It's helped me advocate for myself more with doctors and also relinquishing control because I don't have it and I I have good ideas about what I should be doing, but I also have the resources to pull a team of people together who care about me to help me get there. Working order it can be. So I think for me, this chapter of my life is about doing just that, opening my eyes and, and getting rid of the shame. COVID happening kind of lowered the barriers to the type of people you'd have con- more personal health care conversations with. We also work in healthcare. Right. So I think <laughs> the the combination of working from home, less human interaction, so there also you have this barrier that goes down that you know, maybe in person we wouldn't have talked about something, but now I'm over Zoom, feels more comfortable. Everyone's talking about where they're at with their health care because of vaccines and this and that and interactions and who's getting COVID worse and pre-existing conditions. And I think the conversation, it was an opening, you know, not one that any of us wanted, but it was an opening for us to start having more conversations about health. I don't even know if comfortable is the right word, but maybe just more often. I, I don't talk to people at my job about health. I really don't even talk to my friends about health like that. But I think when COVID happened, mm-hmm. it was like, suddenly I know when you're getting vaccines. right? And I know when you're not feeling well. And I know that if you don't know who to get your vaccine from, because you're checking with a doctor and I'm like, you have a cardiologist? What are you talking Why do you have that? So I think for me, the conversation around my health became a little bit easier Because we were talking so much about it with COVID. I um, started seeing cardiologists during COVID. And I feel like I didn't know anyone else who went to specialist doctors. I wasn't ready to talk to anyone about it. And so maybe that's – and I think you and I just started
0: talking. Yeah, and I think there is something about – you know, the pandemic and what was would have normally been violating someone's privacy because now and then there was a lot of conversation about who was dying more. And so, you know, black people, you know, Latinx, that was what we were talking about. We were talking about black people were dying at a higher rate than any other population. And I think we started finally having that dialogue about our health right and the why yeah and then i think fast forward a bit to today um there's been a lot of conversation about black maternal health
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of conversation about you know menopause in black women and heart disease and cancer i mean when you look at the statistics you know that 40 percent black women are more likely to die of breast cancer at a 40% rate than white women. Right. Then you and, and that's not because we were getting breast cancer more. It's only because we are not being taken care of. Right. You know that there is a huge problem. Yeah. Um, and who's looking out for us and who's taking care of us? And so, you know, we talk about professionally needing a board. And advisors and supporters and so but We need that with yeah. our health. Yeah. You know, do you have a cardiologist that's checking? Do you have an endocrinologist if you have inflammation? And I have a naturopath. I didn't have a naturopath before that was helping me make sure that I wasn't taking a bunch of drugs, that I was looking at also things in a holistic way. Because I tend to want to be natural right. about everything. Right. You know, and so, you know, we are not, you know, obviously we're not claiming to be experts. But we are <laughs> certainly not. You're not. But <laughs> what we are is people who are sh- have been struggling, are okay. struggling, and we hope with this podcast we will bring some good voices, some expert voices that will be able to help Black women navigate not just health, because I think we plan to really venture on a few other topics as well. Once you start
1: unpacking it, mm-hmm. even the most the people with the most resources in our lives. Intellectual resources, you know financial resources, whatever. Everyone seems like they're a little haphazard about it. Right? Right. No one actually I think that that came out too when we started talking about black women and health is like everyone's going at it their own way, piecing things together, trying to figure out because we know what's not happening is you're going to a physician. Who who understands anything about you? Mm-mm. So what what happens then is then we take a step back and and it's like okay well fine let me let me figure this all out myself and I think it's been a real for me personally and I know some other people a real rude awakening of like you you're not going to be able to do this by yourself. Okay, like you have a lot of information and you know what to ask, maybe in some doctors, but maybe some others you don't. Everything seems to be a symptom of something. So you're gonna you're gonna hit a roadblock mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to start having these conversations. And I think that when you get to 40, 50, especially and you know, when you start to talk about perimenopause, everything's a symptom. Exactly. that it, it, that's the point where it's like, okay, I need to, I need a team of people. I need mm-hmm. to start talking to more people about this. I need to I need to stop living in my own silo and thinking I'm going to be able to figure this out right And that silo is
0: dangerous right because how many and I know several, how many professional black women died in the middle of their job right in the during the pandemic and post right you know I know a lot of them. So we talked a lot about, you know, some of the things we
1: know and what we've what we've tried to figure out on ourselves. But I think what we have also come to realize is no one's checking for us. Mm-mm. So this is part of the reason why we have to have this dialogue because it's not going to happen with your doctor. No. Unless you press it. And I, I'm sure you have, but because this is something I've thought about, but I haven't had the nerve to say it, but I'm sure you have, have said to a doctor when they ask, when they tell you, maybe try this, have you said to them, what experiences do your patients who look like me have with that?
0: Mm, I don't think I've ever said that.
1: That's shocking.
0: Because I actually know that they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I mean, real, you don't want to hear it. Right. I already know the answer. Right. I already, yeah, no, no, truthfully, no, I had a doctor and I saw him frequently Uh, for headaches and so forth he never once looked at me in the eye Mm. and he would just come in look at his laptop type and ask me barely only a few questions and a few times he offered to do the test that he had already done that he had in the computer we're gonna retest your we're gonna retest it was a nerve test how long did you stay with this doctor i stayed with him because it's also very hard to find doctors yeah and so you know, you talk to you get try to get a referral. Right. Try to ask your friends. Right. And no one really has a really good answer because no one's no. happy with their doctor. No one's happy with their doctor. And it's not to bash doctors because there are no. really good doctors out there. But you're really there are doctors who are caring and looking at you and, and looking, you are a black woman and you're individual. Right. They're right. not just looking at, this is the BMI, so right. that, that that means you are overweight. Right. And that means you must need this medication. Right. Right? It's it's a right. doctor that's going to delve a little deeper, ask a few more questions. Right. And really care yeah. about you holistically. Right. And, That's interesting. Like, you know,
1: yes, I'm overweight. That's what the BMI is going to tell you. But if you don't do anything more than that and you just start recommending things to me based on BMI that was, what was it, created, you know, during some war based on (laughs) white men who were soldiers. Like, get out of here. No way relevant to us It has nothing to do with me. Right. But I, uh, you know, I, I think that's what we know going in. We know that the likelihood of us seeing a woman of color who's a doctor is very low. It being a black woman of okay. color, We'll
0: be no, even never. lower.
1: African American, even lower. Okay, so we already know that's happening. We also already know they're not thinking about, no doctor's really thinking about the unique experiences of being a black woman in America Fine. and what that looks like, feels like. And that's that's why I think it's so hard for all of us, too, with our healthcare system. And like you said, how hard it is to find a doctor. Next, if this doctor picks up and leaves... Right, you're
0: in, we're all in, you're in
1: trouble. I'm starting back at ground zero. Right.
0: Because right. how long did it take you to find... How many doctors had you gone through?
1: Girl, I just had a call. One called me yesterday for a follow-up appointment. I said, there will be no follow-up. Right. I will not be following up. But, you know, I think that... Um, That's why we need to talk about this because other people shouldn't hold so much power over our health. We need to take that power back and we need to feel like if if this doctor walked out tomorrow, it doesn't actually matter. I have a voice. I can advocate for myself. I'll find someone else. It's unfortunate, but it will be okay, right? Um, We have that kind of buying power anywhere else in life. Hmm. We need to have it about our bodies.
0: I think about the the many times I've been told, you're overweight. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I think about, me and my wife go to a cardiologist. We go to the same exact cardiologist. And our weight, probably about a year ago, was the exact same weight. Every single time I went to the cardiologist, he told me that I was overweight and I needed to lose weight, and things were going in the wrong direction. And every time she went, he never once mentioned her weight. And she would be like, "I don't understand why he's he keeps asking you to lose weight, but has and I know I need to lose weight." And at no point, but it was because for him we were two different. we were it's a white woman, and oh no, she's okay. And there's this black woman, and maybe maybe he now I don't have a history of heart disease in my family. I don't have a history. There are certain things I don't have. I don't have high blood pressure. But yet, he was like, you need to be this weight. Mm. Yeah, I just had my first experience
1: where someone asked me in the doctor's office, asked me if I was open to looking, taking measures and having conversations about my weight. I'd never, most times people just presume... Right. You know, so you, I'm guessing, you know, like, are you, you're trying to lose weight?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, just this presumption, like, I'm sure you're trying and failing is basically the presumption. Because right. they're book. saying you're fat and asking it's me if working. I'm trying right. in the same, right. Right. yeah, breath. Right. right. And I was really shocked because I, it was the, fir- because of the way they framed it, it was the first time I really heard, like, oh, you're actually asking me, like, to have a conversation about this versus just telling me, likely this is what you need to do. Likely you've tried it, and you're not good at it, and you're failing, but also not even like, and I can help you. Just like, oh, okay, so you know going out of here, you probably need to lose weight, right? right. I think that the the idea of someone being open to help you on your journey mm-hmm. and help you on your terms is a novel thing that I I don't think we often experience when we're going to see the doctors.
0: And that shame thing is a a thing. We don't want to talk. We don't want to admit that we are all in some ways struggling, particularly as black women navigating a world that does not always see us.
1: And that's that's where I had to start is like, girl, you don't got this Mm. and you need to you need to push pause and you need to open up your circle because you don't got it.
0: Okay, and that would be the end of this episode. <laughs> I don't hear a lot about this because I think we're all, there's a part of it that we're ashamed of.
1: Yeah, I, I think this the, the getting out of our own heads is important. Being able to have a conversation with other individuals who are like-minded and really just it, sitting and accepting the fact that the generation before us mm. Didn't have no. this, none of it. No. Didn't have the resources we have. Didn't have the information we have. Mm-mm. So this is the first time that that's that's if this right. is you know I think we need to understand that there the implications for all of us you know are are that you know we're doing this all ourselves and figuring it out ourselves and uh, we got to support each other in it.
0: Yeah, it's funny you talk about the generation. I think about. I mean, I, we, we talked about before. You know, how did you find out? You know about period. How did you figure out that? I mean, how did you even figure out when you? No one's talking about perimenopause. No one talked about your period. No, no one. Ta- it was just like figure it out. Right. You know, here's a path. Don't get pregnant. That was man, that was my right. household, right? Right. And so the it, and it all goes back to shame. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, we don't want to have these conversations. We're not comfortable in these conversations. Right. So we all are in our back to the silo trying to figure it out on our own.
1: Mm, that's good. So I think where I'm excited about this conversation is there just needs to be more. And, and you know, yes, we're not experts, but ha- more people having conversations, destigmatizing the uh, health and personal health and talking about it, getting the shame, like having a conversation about the shame, acknowledging the shame, but also not sitting in it, I think is, is what I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Hey, it's Jessica. Thanks for listening to Girl Call Me. If you have something to add or a story to share, come on over to Instagram or Facebook and join the conversation. Also, make sure you follow and subscribe. Girl Call Me. You don't want to
0: miss when we release new episodes. Thanks for listening.